You're listening to the Leadership in Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. Welcome to the Leadership in Theology with a Cup of Joe podcast. My name is Joe Contreras, and you are listening to a bonus episode for the month of October. This is a message titled, It Is Not What It Seems. I had the opportunity to preach in front of my student body as the student body president at Vanguard University, and I feel like this could be a message for anyone that listens. I feel that we all experience pain in life, but we often don't know where to go in the midst of our pain. I hope that you enjoy. Sit back, relax, and feel free to take some notes. Share my heart with you and what God has put on my heart um, for this year. Um, if you can repeat to your neighbor the title of my message today, it is not what it seems. Sometimes I've, I've found that in the midst of our pain in life, it can, pain can be formed in any sense, in any way, but pain, when we experience pain in life, it's hard to find God in the midst of our pain. It's really hard to find why we're going through what we're going through. And sometimes it feels like we're stuck in our current situation. If you go ahead and open up your Bibles today to John 11, we're going to be in John 11 today. And some of you guys are very familiar with this passage. It's the story of Lazarus, right? I'm going to begin today in John 11:44. It says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the ending of the story. Lazarus is raised from the dead, but we don't see the process of the beginning, of what Mary and Martha felt at the beginning of this story. Let us pray into this message. Go ahead and put your hands in front of you as a a form of posture to receive what God has for us this morning. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you that we are able to gather together in a space like this. Lord, we acknowledge your presence in this space. We pray that you'll open our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you, and Lord, I pray that you'll speak through me. I pray that they will not remember a single word that I say, but every single word that your spirit says. I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to form this question this morning. What would happen if you knew the end results of your current situation? Would it change the way that you perceive your current situation? So it was my freshman year here at Vanguard. My first semester, I went without a car. And it was really hard for me because personally, I don't like asking people for rides because I just feel like that's selfish. I don't know why, but it's just, I guess it's just a me thing. So it was really hard. Um, So I saved up some money and I bought a a, a car, a 1996 Honda Civic for, you know, going big, right, for my first car. So I got the first car and it was towards the end of the semester and we were going home. um, And I was anxious to get home. I was tired. I just wanted to see my family, right? And my dad flew down into Ontario because I'm from Stockton, California. So you had to go through this thing called the grapevine. 
And the grapevine is about a 40-mile stretch of mountains, and it's pretty steep, and it's, 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 it takes a lot from cars. But um, so my, my, I was just praying. I was hoping, God, please let us get to the grapevine. Please let us get to the grapevine. So we approached the grapevine. We went over the grapevine, and we came down the grapevine, and I was relieved. I was like, no smoke from the engine? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to make it home today. Um, not today, Satan. That's what I said. But then 30 miles past the grapevine, here came the smoke. Gosh darn it. I thought I was going to get away with it, but nope. The engine started to overheat. So my, me and my dad, we were prepared, so we had water in the back and a trunk, and then we just pulled over, let it cool off, and then we poured some water in it, and we kept on going. And we were like, yes, we're going to make it home. And then 20 miles later, it does it again. And this time, it ain't going nowhere. It ain't going nowhere. So luckily enough, we were about an hour and a half um, from Fresno, um, where I had some family, and um, my brother met us halfway, picked us up in Fresno. We took a tow truck to Fresno. Um, it was just stressful. And I was really disappointed. I was really frustrated with God. And in this moment, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was uncertain about the future. I was uncertain about the next semester. I was like, oh, man, I need a car. How am I going to survive without a car on campus? I want to go to Disneyland whenever I want. I'm not going to be able to go to Disneyland anymore or Chick-fil-A. Um, but then uh, it came towards the end of the semester, and my, my brother decided to buy a new car. So he gave me his practically new, he let me borrow his practically new 2017 Honda Accord. And I was like, come on, somebody. Now, now we're talking. I don't have to worry about making it past the grapevine anymore because this car can take it easily. So I just wonder, if I knew that I was going to end up with a, Honda, a brand new Honda Accord practically, if it would have changed my perspective in that moment when the car broke down after the grapevine. I want to make this statement that you can't control your situation but you can cha definitely change the way you perceive it. You can definitely change it. And we're going to pick up again in John 11, verse 1. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, whatever you use these days. Um, I'm going to begin in verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now laid sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet to Jesus, or wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Mary, or Martha, and her sister, and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So we see here that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and, and Lazarus. I love how the Bible says each of them individually. It could have said he loved them, right? But the, the Bible says he loved them each individually. Now, the most interesting and most powerful part is in verse 3. One of the first things that I see here is that it says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. This was a painful moment. Their brother was dead. So my question today is, in the most painful moments of your life, who are you sending word to? Are you sending word to people that can't make 
or change your current situation? Or are you sending word to the creator of the heavens and earth that can shift any situation? Who you send your word to matters. It matters. By sending word to Jesus, they were inviting Jesus and God into their current situation. Right? So then we continue on in verse 4 where it says, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. My first point, my first observation of this passage is that your current situation is not your final destination. Although it may feel like it in times, it is definitely not. And God revealed this to me in a very painful, or when I was experiencing some pain in my life and I couldn't find him. And this is basically what he said. He put it in this terms. Your subjective reality is not your eternal destiny. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? That's super cool. It's basically here saying your current situation is not your final destination. And pretty much it's saying whatever you are going through in life right now is not your final destiny. Jesus here in verse 4 indicated that the end result would not be what it appeared to be. Lazarus was dead. As we continue, the most, one of the, one of the uh, another interesting thing I've seen in this passage is verse six, five and six. Jesus says that he loved Mary and Martha. But in verse six, I don't really get it because if Jesus loved them, he would have moved quickly to go heal them or he would have healed them like that. But no, it says in verse six, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was. He stayed where he was two more days. I, wanna make, I see this observation that just because it feels like God is distant, doesn't mean that he doesn't love you deeply. Just because it feels like God is distant doesn't mean that he doesn't love you deeply. The second observation in this passage is that God is more interested in the process to your destination than the destination itself. Jesus simply delayed two more days because he wanted to raise the faith of two sisters to a higher level. The highest motivation for love is not our feelings or affection, but rather an honest, intelligent facing of the question, what is best for the one I love? And Jesus, as we know, there's no one better than Jesus that knows what's best for us. No one knows your current situation better than Jesus. I wanna skip over to verse 32. Now, in between, we see that Jesus is telling his disciples, let's go over to, uh, to Lazarus, um, go through Judea to get there. But the disciples are a little bit hesitant because the people in Judea evidently want to kill Jesus. Um, but, but Jesus is going to go through there anyways. And we see first Mary and Martha. Martha is the first one to approach Jesus. So Jesus wasn't even fully there, but Martha came out and met Jesus where he, he was on his way to to see them. And Mary was a little bit hesitant, but their response was similar. So we pick up in verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had not been here, my brother would have not died. How often do we say that to God? God, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. In verse 33, it says, when Jesus saw her weeping, 
And the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And in verse 35, one of the most powerful verses and shortest verses, Jesus wept. It shows that Jesus is fully human and fully God. And my third observation is that what makes you weep makes God weep. It's a good realization, and sometimes it's hard to believe that God is so concerned for you that what makes you weep actually makes him weep. Now, through this passage, God showed me exactly where he is in the midst of our pain. In the midst of our pain in life, and pain is inevitable. We're all going to go through pain at some point. We've probably been through pain. We might be going through pain right now. But in the midst of pain, you can find God in the waiting, right? We see that in the beginning of this passage where Jesus delayed for just a little while. And then we can see God fighting, or Jesus in the midst of our pain, fighting unseen battles. He had to go through Judea. Mary and Martha had no clue what Jesus was doing as he went through Judea. And then... In the midst of your pain, you can find God right next to you weeping. What a powerful image. What a powerful image. In the midst of my pain, when I am broken, when I am in tears, God is right next to me. The final observation I want to make this morning that is in the, in the painful seasons of our life, when it feels like we can't do anything about it, how often is that? For me, I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but that feels like quite often. I'm gonna invite the worship team back up. The first thing, worship through the pain, right? When Mary laid down, or when Mary came to Jesus and she bowed down at her, his feet, this can be seen as a form of worship. And we know that the power of worship is significant. That through worship, it can shift our, our current situation to match our eternal destiny. Second is anticipate the breakthrough. I truly believe that Martha met Jesus halfway because she was anticipating what God could do. The third thing, invite God into your situation. Send word to God of what you're going through. And lastly, transparency. Keep it real with Jesus. Keep it real with Jesus. Because Jesus, he wants to heal you, but he can't heal you. I love how Mary and Martha, they approach Jesus with this transparency. They could act like everything was great, but no, they, they told Jesus how they really felt. They told Jesus that they, if, if you were here, Jesus, it would have changed my circumstance. It would have changed your situation. And sometimes in the midst of pain, you can find God, or in the midst of pain, or in the painful seasons of our life when it feels like we can't do anything. The only thing we can do is wait. But wait doesn't mean not doing anything. Wait means worshiping through the pain. 
Waiting means anticipating the breakthrough. Waiting means inviting God into your situation. And waiting means to be transparent and keep it real with Jesus. Because he loves you. I want to take some time to respond because I don't know if I'm the only one, but when I'm going through a painful season in my life, it's really hard to find God. And maybe you are currently going through a painful season of your life. Pain looks different for everyone. I want to invite everyone to stand up this morning. And as, as, a, as the first point up here is, Worship through the pain. If you're going through a painful season in your life, I know that we're worried about class, a class that may start in 18 minutes. But really take this time right now to believe that your subjective reality, what you are currently going through, is not your eternal destiny. And that God is going to turn things around, and although it might not look like it right now, when you worship through the pain, it shifts. It shifts your current situation. And it may take a while to see. If you're in a painful season right now, I want to invite you to the front. If you're in a painful season, if you, if you, if you want to worship God through the pain that you are experiencing right now, I want to invite you to the front. If you want to bow before God, because you don't know what your future looks like, but you want to trust him. I want to invite you to the front. And we're going to take a little bit to, to uh, worship and to believe that God can do it again. And believe that our reality is that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus is victorious, that Jesus conquered the dead. He didn't say life was going to be easy, but he said that he overcame the world. And it's through that same power that we will see God. I want to say this last thing before we go into worship. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. The subjective reality was that Lazarus was dead, but the eternal destiny was that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead was going to visit the sleeping Lazarus, and nobody expected that. So let us, let us go into a time of worship this morning.